Lift your hands right now all over this house. In Jesus' name, 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 in Jesus' name. Can you just raise your hands and worship the Lord today? Just raise your hands and say, Lord, you're worthy. I love you, Lord, for your word. Come on, someone shout, use me, Jesus, for your glory. Use me, Jesus, for your glory. Let me be a vessel of your mercy, vessel of your grace. Let me not be afraid to step out in faith. In the name that's above every name. In the name that's above every name. In the name that's above every name. In the name of Jesus. God is raising up the next, the next spiritual giants. I have missed Brother Adarosia as he has been in Africa taking care of his family because the Lord has been wanting to speak to this church and there has not been an understanding vessel. If you're a guest here today, the Bible tells us that God will speak to us. He will speak to us through tongues and interpretation, through a gift of God's presence. I want you to say thank you, Jesus. Sister Alyssa Gonzalez, I believe that God is calling you to this. And we affirm you today that you are speaking for God. Can I get an amen? Let's worship God right now. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now I want you to release that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. How many of you are so glad that God is so concerned about us? About me? About you? We have the word of the Lord, which is his holy scriptures. Someone say amen. They are forever settled in heaven. And no man or woman will ever speak out outside the bounds of the great scripture, the word of God. So they're not going to predict the weather. Don't be silly. Don't think they're sorcerers or workers of black magic. They are vessels that are just poured through the Holy Ghost and allowing God to use them to speak to the church in the hour that they're in. If you know that, 
and you believe that, can you give God a, a great praise today for his, a great praise today. And let the church shout amen. Does anybody want to be baptized in the beautiful name of the Lord Jesus Christ? His presence is in this room right now. Does anybody want to lift their hand and find healing in your home? Healing in your body? Healing by the blood in the name of Jesus? If that's you, if I'm talking to you, I want you to lift your hands and I want you to give God a, a praise and ask him for what you need today right now. Father, we come to you today. We believe that your word is true, that your word is absolute. And let the church say in Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. Amen, 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 amen. No weapon. Come on, shout it. <laughs> Come on, no weapon. This is for me. <laughs> no weapon that's formed. <laughs> Doesn't say it won't be formed. Doesn't say I won't see it. Smell it hear it but it says no weapon that's formed against me what shall prosper mm. the promises of God are yea and amen and you may be walking through something you don't know how to figure out or do or whatever but I'm going to tell you something if you'll go to the enemy with scripture if you'll go to the enemy and say listen <laughs> no weapon that's formed against me David said in Psalm 118 I've been surrounded by my enemies but he is good and his mercy endures forever and ever you gotta trust God this morning come on someone shout I need to trust God oh, I feel the presence of God I feel the presence. Will you come back here in just a few minutes? We're going to talk out of the word of the Lord today. I'm Pastor Nate Nix. I've been the senior pastor here since 2001. This is our 79th year being in, the, in, in this great place called Ypsilanti. Someone say amen. You say, Pastor, why do you say that? Because I need to remind us of the things that we have accomplished and done and the heritage that which we have, and we're thankful. If you're a guest, thank you so much for being here. And you may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you for standing. And by the way, I want to thank Sister Carol Irvin today. She found for us, we have been missing them, but she found for us our prayer cloths. And so they have already been anointed. We've anointed them and prayed over them. Um, and we will, uh, if, now listen, I want you to only take these for specific needs, for things that are named, right? That you speak it out loud, right? I, I, I want us to learn that God is trying to teach us. Sister Alyssa just prophesied about the very fact he's trying to in, in, engage us in this hour. And the busyness, our phones, our scrolling, our life, our trying to get through all the month and pay all our bills, our busyness has taken us to a place where we have put God in a second place, a place of afterthought. And I'm not speaking, look, we're all guilty of this. Can I get an amen? And I'm praying today that you will begin to pray a specific prayers about your life and about what God wants to do for you. I believe that God hears my prayers. I believe that God hears. Why do I believe? Because he's answered my prayers. That's how I know. 
and he's delivered me and he has set us free I, I, I'm thankful to declare that in just a few days, Sister Lisa will be declared five years cancer-free. I'm, I'm happy to declare. I'm happy to declare. And I believe that God has miracle signs and wonders for all of us, but that's not what we should be seeking. We should not be seeking. We should be seeking his name. We should be seeking. Oh, come on now. We should be seeking him. Someone shout Amen. Amen, 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 amen. We at Pineview believe that the scriptures are absolute. Sister Hannah and the music worship department, they led us in a song that talked about how we're not here for religion, we're not here for tradition, we're here for the one and only Jesus Christ. And we don't just believe that, we espouse that, we live that, and we try our best to follow the word of God without fear or favor. Someone say amen. Today I'm going to go to the word of the Lord and I'm going to minister to you and I'm going to minister to you from this word of God truths that I need you to hear as a congregation. God is ministering in this congregation. He is raising up a generation. I sit and, and meet with Sister Courtney uh, Bynum, Sister Courtney Swafford Bynum, and, and Shane, and I listen to their passion. I, I talk to the VBS uh, uh, crew a little bit, and I hear their passion. Our children's ministry is growing in leaps and bounds. They had more kids a couple weeks ago than we've ever had before in the, 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 this t time frame, especially after COVID, and uh, they were like, Pastor, we're going to have to bust out walls we got so many kids we need more help in Jesus name we're having a, a, an amazing our nursery is doing an amazing job we have all of these things brother Dan Tackett and his crew back there they the youth are leading the worship back today in the children's ministry and God is doing great things among our young people but God has not stopped there he's trying to get us that have been raised in places hear me today that we have looked at others as great warriors for Christ and because of them and because they're great service to God we have been intimidated not to follow in the path that God has called us I'm just going to tell you this in Jesus name receive me today that we are not here to impress anybody that we're not here to make ourselves big and others small we're not here to to claim that we know it all but we're here to obey God's word and his word said that in the last days, my sons and daughters shall prophesy. And I'm going to tell you right now, we are living in the last, how many believe we're living in the last day? And God is raising up a generation that's behind me, that's beyond, I, I, people I don't understand, but I know they're anointed and God is, you hear me right now? <laughs> and we've got to trust as a church that God is speaking through them. I just mentioned a moment ago that I miss our, our great elder, Brother Adarosia. Dr. Adarosia is, is, is taking care of family and stuff in Africa, and, and uh, he's from the wonderful country of Nigeria, and, and, and he retired recently, and he's having to take care of some things, but I miss him. I, 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 I come to service so many times, and I hear God wanting to speak to us, but I, and I look, and I realize, no, and God has been prodding me and prodding people in this building to say, it's time to step out. It's time to do what God's called you to do in this body of Christ. Someone shout amen. amen. So why is that important? Because I need Sister Alyssa to know that we're not judging her for speaking out for the Lord today. Amen. That we're supporting her. 
Travis, you walking around and praying over people, right? Uh, we're, not, we're not opposed to that. We believe that God's called you to that, and we believe that we're going to support you and let you grow in your faith, right? So every one of you, I'm talking to two people, but I believe this anointing is on every single person in this building. Nan, you're going to live beyond your father's shadow. Just as God has called me beyond my father's shadow, it's no disrespect to out, listen, to out anoint, out, no, that's what I desire. That's what my dad desired for me. Why? Because there's a next generation that we got to begin, right? They don't see themselves as spiritual pillars, but they are. Am I helping anybody this morning? Terrence, Vivian, there's a call of God on you. There's calls of God in every single one of you that God wants to do things. And I would challenge you today. We had this conversation in the men's prayer. You know, what's stopping you? What are you waiting for? Don't think, well, the pastor, he's not going to like... Listen, if you're the Holy Ghost and you stay in the Word of God, I'm going to release you in the Holy Ghost and to the Word of God. So it's important that you recognize that not everything will ever come from the pastor. A pastor is a conduit. I'm a shepherd. Hear me today. I'm a shepherd. I'm not all in all. And that's why the body of Christ has other people that help shepherd the church and watch out for the flock. Someone say amen. A healthy body of Christ will have people serving in all kinds of different ways. Now, I want you to give the Lord a hand clap of praise, if you will, today. Amen. I, um, I, if you don't mind, uh, I want to wish my wife a wonderful, happy Valentine's Day, um, if you don't mind. Um, uh, I didn't get her anything this year. I was a bad, bad guy. But I got her stuff on all the other 364 days. But I'd like to tell you that she had me join the Stanley Cup crew. And... I got a Stanley Cup for Valentine's Day, and I feel so special. You see, I've been making fun of all the people that have Stanley Cups. <laughs> yeah, I admit it. I've, I've been just making fun of them. You know, what's the deal? I got a Stanley Cup now, so now I'm like, no, I, I'm going to repent about that, and I'm going to say, Lord, I thank you for Brother Stanley here today, in Jesus' name. Oh, that's good. So, I just thought I'd throw that out there. We're going to go to God's Word. If you're a guest, I promise, I, I, do, I do preach from God's Word. Amen. Being a pastor is interesting because I'm not, I, I don't get to preach the Corvette messages. The ones where, ah, I get, to, I get to plow fields to make sure that you eat healthy. I move you from the oat field to the wheat field. I move you because God has said I'm supposed to be the under shepherd under him. By the way, he's the all in all. Run from pastors that make themselves God. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. (laughs) So I want to read to you from the word of God. Now, we're going to go, and I am aware of the time, so I I will move quickly, but but we're going to go to a place that I think is going to help us because it's at the beginning of the church. It's at the formation of the New Testament church. The Bible says in Acts 2 and 38, watch this. This is after the upper room. 
This is after the Holy Ghost had been poured out upon all those and cloven tongues like as a fire set up on each of them and they begin to speak with other tongues. We see that in Acts 2 in the beginning of these chapters. But we also look later in the formation of what God was doing. There was a bunch of people around and they begin to observe what was going on. And there was all kinds. I mean, the Bible indicates there was about 3,000 people watching this thing that was going on. And all of a sudden, God decides to formate the informal to formal. He decides that I'm going to take this group of people and I'm going to make the powerful uh, 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 anointing upon the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The church is not these four walls. The church is every soul that's in every seat of this house. The church does not just happen here on Sunday. The church happens in your laundry room. It happens at your job. It happens at Kroger's. It happens wherever you are because you are the church. And you got to believe that God's word is true and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. But there was a time that they began to ask, man, what is going on here? Why? 3,000 people walking around. Man, what is happening over there? What is, what's happening? They, and, and Peter began to preach to them, the apostle Peter. And he said to them all kinds of amazing things. But he gets down to them and they say, well, Peter, we, we're, we heard the gospel that Jesus died and he rose again and he's coming again. And I, I hear that. But what do we do now, Peter, now that we've heard this? And this is what Peter answers them. He says, and then Peter said unto them in verse 38, repent. Someone shout repent. And let every one of you be what? Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for what? The remission, the erratic, that word means eradication. That word means not just covered up, not just painted over. You didn't go buy a, a gallon of, of paint to cover things. No, God says, I've, I have created in you a new heart. You're not the person you used to be because I am now King of kings and Lord of lords in your life. So we find that he says, repent and be baptized and for the remission of sins. And you shall, everybody says shall, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto what? You. He's talking to the 3,000. By the way, they're a bunch of Gentiles. They're not even Jews. And the Jews were like, no, no, they're not, uh -uh, not the Gentiles. No, please don't let them into our, no, no, no. And God says, listen, Peter, what I have cleansed, let no man call unclean. And we were cleansed as Gentiles before the name of Jesus and the blood of the lamb. And in this moment, the church was formed. In this moment, the church solidified. It became the bride of Christ. In this moment, it became what God called for his spirit to be on this earth. For the promises unto you and your children and all those that are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. I'm going to tell you something. There is no, listen to me carefully, there is no call to a certain generation, to a certain race, to a certain culture. God loves every single soul. And if you cannot love the people that you can see, you'll never love the God that you cannot see. Can I get an amen? amen. But, but I want you to watch uh, quickly as the formation of the church happens. We learn about what we need to do. We learn and understand because of all the message that Peter gave after that 3,000 group, group of people begin to ask questions. 
But I want you to notice something. In verse 39, we usually stop. For this promise is unto you and your children. We shout and dance. And I'm all for it, right? Because it's the truth. Someone shout, it's the truth. I'm all for it because it is the truth. This promise. Someone shout, I have a promise. It's not my promise. It's your promise. Oh, it's mine too. But it's specifically yours. Your promise from the word of God. But in verse 40... We usually stop at verse 39 because there's a lot to rejoice in there. But in verse 40, we see what it took to formate the church completely. We see what it takes for the church to fulfill its call in the earth. And the Bible says in verse 40, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, this is Peter, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. In verse 41 he says, then the, it says in Acts, then those who gladly received his word, they were baptized. Everybody shout obedience. That's why do we baptize? Because it's here in the word of God. Not because we just love to see people get wet. No, no. Not because you need to publicly show the, that you're a Christian. There may be some, uh, some things that happen there as you are publicly confessing. But I'm going to tell you something. You don't do it for that reason. You do it to obey God's word. And when you obey God's word, you reap the benefits of the inheritance of the kingdom of God. You reap eternal life. You reap the things that God has promised you, that he would never leave you nor forsake you, that he would go before you always, even until the end, that he has never seen the righteous forsaken nor the seed begging bread. He has given you the ability to say, I need your help today, and he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. There is a God in heaven that you partner with in baptism, that you obey his word. And they exhorted them saying, be saved, right? And then they gladly received his word and were baptized. Watch this. And that day, about 3,000, that's how we know there were 3,000 people there, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Verse 42, we find that the church didn't just pull up stakes and stop. They didn't stay in the upper room. Hmm... A lot of us, we get the Holy Ghost, and it's amazing, and we believe God. We obey in baptism, but we never leave the upper room to go do what God has called us to do. Because, I'm going to say, goosebumps are addictive, am I right? <laughs> Come to church, man, if I can feel God's presence, and I know everything's all right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, mm -mm, no, no, you got to obey and continue steadfast in the word of God. It's not about being born it's about being born and growing into the maturity that Christ has given you or promised you. So when we look at this, verse 42, it says, And they continued steadfast in the what? Apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. How many are thankful that food is a part of God's kingdom? Amen? Yeah. Amen. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a potluck next Sunday, right on the first, rather, of this next month. And, and you want to bring something, uh, see Brother David Jones or his wife. And uh, we're going to have a great time of fellowship because this is what we're commanded to do, right? This is something that we want to mirror what the New Testament church did. Verse 43, then fear came upon every soul. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to fear God. 
Now, if you know anything about the scripture, and maybe you don't, so I'll explain quickly. This fear is not a fright. It's not a, oh, oh my God, you scared me. That, it's not that fear. It's a fear that says, I am in awe of God and his kingdom, and I believe that he can do all things. It's a fear of God. That's what this is indicating here in the writings of Peter in Acts chapter 2. Now, it says very clearly that they, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and a breaking of bread and a prayer. Verse 43, and the fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Someone say amen. amen. Now, verse 44 says, now all who believed were together. Someone look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad we're together this morning. Amen. I'm glad we're together this morning. Amen. We're glad. Right? And had all things in common. I want you to say it with me. All things in common. Say it again. All things in common. They had all things in common. Now, this is... Uh, a place where we look and see that they have all things in common and it's not yet talked about what they have done. And the Bible says, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided amongst all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord, ever shout one accord, in the temple and what? Breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with what? Gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God in verse 47. Praising God. Someone shout out, I need to praise God. <laughs> and having favor with a few of the people. What does it say? Because their actions were something that was saw and, and received as the love of God. They, they were in love with Jesus and therefore it allowed them to act with kindness with all people. And the Lord added to the church what? daily those who were to be saved i want you to notice that they sold everything people say pastor should we sell everything no that's not what god is requiring you're reading a story of what happened with the first church but there is a principle by we learn the first church had no choice they decided this as a community this is what we're going to do because we see the need because this is an infant and we all need to pull together to help it grow to the place wants it god is not asking me or you or any of us to go sell all we have that's not the point of this lesson so don't receive that the point of this lesson is that we have all things in common you have trouble and so do i you have burdens and so do I. You have concerns about the world, and so do I. We have all things in common. The human experience is in common here. We find that in common, we also know that Jesus is coming again. Can I get a hallelujah? Amen. And therefore, I need to act as if Jesus is coming again. The Bible says that when they were able to get together in one mind, in one accord, when they were able to, to serve one another with gladness and kindness and having things as an understanding of we need to pull together, there was an adding that God gave to the church daily, those which would be saved. We go later into Acts chapter 4. 
Is everybody still with me? We go back into Acts chapter 4 in verse 32. The Bible tells us here in the New King James, now in verse 32, chapter 4, now the multitude of those who believed were of what? One heart. Come on, shout it with me. One heart and what? One. Now, I find this interesting. It says one heart and one soul. It doesn't say one mind. I want you to notice this nuance because God is not requiring you to have group think that we all think the same exact thing. God is a God of individuality. He's a God of diversity. Can I get anybody to shout amen? God, I got news. When you get to heaven, there's going to be some people that you never met before, never seen, that they don't look like you, smell like you, act like you, but I promise you they're children of the Most High God. So in our lives, we've got to treat people like Jesus treats us. I'm going to hit it again, right? Yes, we must, we must recognize that this is the plan of God for the early church that they had all things in common, but they didn't just do that. They, they were a multitude of people. The Bible lets us know that there was people from every kind of a place. Jerusalem was busy with all kinds of things going on, and it wasn't just Jews at that meeting in the upper room. No, there were Gentiles from all corners of the earth that day, and God said, this is my body, this is my church, and I'm going to solidify it here in chapter 4, the continuation of that founding happens. The Bible says that they were one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say of anything he possessed was his own. But they had all, there it is again, they had what? All things, shout it with me, all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what happened. When they had all things, when they understood they have things in common that just because you don't look like me or act like me or talk like me, that it doesn't mean that I'm better or, or, or more special than you. That I have all things in common. I have pain, you have pain. I have suffering, you have suffering. I have issues, you have issues. Are you hearing me today? We have a commonality. Oh, I'm going to talk about it. And the great grace, the Bible says, was upon them, what? All. As a community at Pineview, we are connected to this common thread here in the book of Acts. We have faith. How do we know you need faith in order to come to Jesus Christ? It's by faith and faith alone that you serve him, love him, and honor him. So we all, someone shout, I have faith. But it's not just faith you have. Your faith has pricked your heart to know that there's right and wrong. And Jesus convicts you not. Listen, he doesn't come and stick a gun. He woos you to say, uh, come to me all ye that are heavy laden. Because sin is a heavy burden. Uh, and he wants you to know that he purchased your salvation on Calvary's hill. So we have not just faith, uh, but we have repentance in our spirit. How many know that we all need to repent before the Lord God of heaven? And then the Bible lets us see that we must receive the Holy Spirit here, like here in the book of Acts. We believe, right? This is what we have in common, that we believe and practice that we need to be baptized in Jesus' name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. 
We know that we have in common, we have this promise that I talked about. The promise that it's unto you and your children and them that are far off. We have this promise of salvation. We know that we must not just live at the upper room, but we've got to go forth into the world and tell them about what Jesus Christ has done for me. Can I get a witness this morning? Has Jesus Christ delivered you from sin? Can I get a witness this morning? Has God done things that you didn't know how it got done? Has he made a way where there seemeth no way? We have that in common. We all can praise him and thank him for that. We have that in common. We have the need to have the fear of the Lord in our lives. One of the great tragedies, I think, of the hour that we're living is that people simply don't believe God's word is true. They simply do not believe that when God says what he says, he meant it. They believe that because the consequences are not immediate, that somehow it's not real. I have a warning for us as the body of Christ that we need to have and put back into our lives the fear of the Lord, the awe of God, the fact that he is holy and I am not. That he is merciful, but judgment will come. That after your last breath, you will spend eternity somewhere. It's not the thoughts. I, I can recall many times, uh, I was talking to somebody recently about all the hands. As a pastor for 30 years, the people that I've stood by their bed and have watched them take their last breaths. It's not something I like or enjoy, but I know that God has called me to be a, a purveyor of comfort, of comfort and peace in the Holy Ghost. It's interesting because oftentimes I hear, especially those that are prolonged in health issues, that they will say in the near of their life that uh, I'm so glad I had time to set all my stuff in order. And I would say to you and I, sometimes we don't have time. And we need to recognize the time that we do have and take advantage of God's mercy and his grace. Someone shout amen. amen. Do you believe that's true by the word of God? Amen. It is true. We have lost some of our fear in this community, in our world abroad, I hope not in this church. We know that community is commanded here in these passages of Scripture. That at the first formation of the church, the first thing that has happened is they got together. Someone say they got together. They had one mind and one soul. They come together with common what? Purpose. They had all things in common. They were trying to serve God in a slave culture of the Roman Empire. They were trying to serve God. I have walked in the catacombs of Rome. I have seen thousands upon thousands upon thousands of bones and skulls that there was laid to rest in the time of great persecutions. I saw where they dug out rooms in these great catacombs and they set up the church. I saw for myself that these people 
were so desperate to worship God that they carved caves out in dungeons and in tombs and they worship God while the dead lay around them. There's got to be something in my life that sparks that desire that no matter what happens in my life, I'm going to dig out a place and I don't care what is dead around me. I don't care what's happening around me. I will praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord with all my might. I'm going to praise him in the morning. I'm going to praise him in the noontime. I'm going to praise him as the sun goes down. I'm going to praise him for what he has done. I'm going to praise him for what he will do. I'm going to praise him because he's God and God alone. I'm going to praise him not because I feel like it, because I have faith that he can do all things. We know that community is commanded. Why has this pastor decided to commit a whole year to talking about community? As we come together, we must recognize that the kingdom of God, which we talked about all last year, is the central part of our entire life. It's not a second-hand thing we do on the side. It shouldn't be. Uh, it, it, God is not a part-time lover. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? He is to be King of kings and Lord of lords in your life. And he is challenging us to get back to that. Sister Alyssa and I did not talk, for those that would want to know. I had no idea what God was doing this morning with her, but the Lord spoke to me. Brother Travis and I were praying over the congregation, and the Lord showed me that Sister Alyssa had a word for us. She's never given a word. That's the very first time, I believe, that's a very, yes, that was the very first time that she gave a word before this congregation. I promise you, it's scary. You risk looking like a fool. But you know what? You're in good company because Paul said, I'm a fool for Christ's sake. And so we obey God and we step out in faith. That's what God, Sister Alyssa helped us understand a very important lesson that sometimes you don't walk by how you're feeling, you walk by the faith that's inside of you. That you have to trust you have to trust the next step. You have to trust that it's there. I feel like Indiana Jones right now. I, I feel like I, I need to throw some gravel in front of me so I make sure I can see that glass bridge. And God is saying, you don't need no sand. You don't need nothing but my name. You don't need nothing but understanding that I've never left you. I've never forsook you. I've been there in the hospital. I've been in the emergency room. I've been there when you're trying to pay your bills. I've been in every place in your life. And I will not leave you. He's with us. Someone shout, he's with me. Oh, someone say amen. amen. So we know we must come together with one heart, in one accord, with one soul. It doesn't mean we lose our individuality. That's not what God is requiring. He's not ever said here in these passages that he, we have to think alike. But we must have one heart. We can think however we need to think in, our, in reflection of our cultures, in reflection of our raising, in, in reflection of whatever it might be that you are, are in or where you've been and what you were raised in. But I'm here to tell you that when we come to God's house, we've got to get to a place where we are here in one heart and in one soul. Someone shout amen. How many feel that right now? Amen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get close to closing. Sister Tabitha, come give them the illusion that I'm quitting. Would you please? 
I'm joking. <laughs> Listen to this. Notice they had all things in common. They shared all things, right? And why did they do this? Brother Carl, why did they do this? They did it for one purpose. Brother Noah, one purpose. And that was to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with a dying, sick world. One purpose. David said, one thing, have a desire to the Lord. There has to be a desire of purpose. You can't come together in one soul and in one heart if you don't know what the purpose is. You got to know that we are trying to reach the world with the gospel that can save them from hell. Someone shout amen. amen. The Bible continues on. And while we have been delivered from the law of Moses, hear me today, we are now bound through the blood of Jesus Christ to a higher law. That higher law is the law of Christ. And we know that in order to have and live by that higher law, we must have community. We must have community. Unity among a group of people for a common purpose, a common goal. That is reaching souls for the purpose of Jesus Christ and the gospel. We've got to bring ourselves together in our tithe, in our offering. I just said I know we've been delivered from the law, but I, I want you to understand that God has expectations of you in your giving, in your tithe, in your offering. If you're here as a guest, you can ask the person next to you and ask them this, does pastor talk about giving a lot? Does he always talk about money? And they will tell you what? I don't. Because that's between you and God. But I got woke up a couple days ago from a thing uh, that, that I, I have been going through and battling. And the Lord spoke to me and told me that this was the message. He gave me this message a week ago. And he told me that this is what I need to preach. Because this becomes about faith. The New Testament church could not have continued in the steadfast faith if they had not come together and given to the kingdom. If they had not come together with a common purpose, not in rancor, not because the law said if they didn't, they were going to die. No, no, that's, no, no, that's over. Someone shout amen. amen. I don't give to God's house or his kingdom because I, I, God's going to crush me or curse me. No, no, that's Old Testament. Thank God we're delivered from all that. But there's a New Testament call to tithe and offering that is very real and necessary. And, and I want to read to you uh, something that the Lord, this is the scripture that the Lord gave me that I, I, I built this message around. We know that in order to have this community that we have, it takes money. Someone shout amen. amen. And I, I want you to understand that community is a shared burden. Community is a shared thing. Right. You were part of a swim club. I promise you, they're going to ask you for money. Am I right? You're a part of Amazon. I promise you they're going to take out that $14.99 every month. They're not going to let you hang out because you know, you're a good person. And, and you know, they, they, they like you, right? Thank God God does not work that way. But he does, in a way, require of us. Because he wants us to be blessed. It's not just about blessing. But it's about understanding that we are part of a community. That we are, the New Testament church in the book of Acts, they were never told that if you do this, sell everything that you have, land and houses, that you're going to get this big blessing and you're going to get threefold of everything you give and you plant a seed with me, then God's going to bless you. They weren't told that. Am I right? 
They did it out of love because they recognized the moment, hey, this is a big deal. And Jesus Christ has washed me from my sins and he has delivered me from my habits and my addictions. He has set my family free. He has set myself free from sin. So therefore, I'm not going to do it because I get rewards. This is not the casino. You don't put in a card and collect junk at the end of the day. God gets the glory he gets the glory in your giving it's not about what we do with just no God has an expectation of the blessings that he has bestowed upon you but he will not demand them in your New Testament covenant they must come freely this is my last passage and it's a doozy so hear me today I showed my wife my notes and she, she just rolled her eyes at me today like really you're going to do four pages like usually I only do two pages but most of this is scripture and I'm not going to finish the whole thing but I am going to tell you this story this historical fact from God's word watch this the church in Jerusalem was in great despair and great trial they were on the verge of being wiped out Titus Paul's partner in the gospel had told the Corinthian church about this issue and this need in the city of Jerusalem. And when he told the Corinthian church, man, they responded. They were excited. Man, we're going to help our brothers in Christ. And they responded with this amazing enthusiasm. But somewhere along the next few months, that enthusiasm began to wane. And they stopped giving Altogether, Paul had also told the churches in Macedonia and he began to tell the Corinthians how the Macedonian church had worked on the same problem with the church in Jerusalem. Paul begins to encourage the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians and he gives this testimony from Macedonia. I want you to hear Paul. Someone say in Jesus' name. I want you to hear Paul talking to the community in Corinth about the churches in Macedonia and how we should mirror their generosity. I'm going to read this quickly. 2 Corinthians 8, if you'll put that up for me, Sister Sarah. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, this is Paul talking to those in Corinth. What God in his kindness, someone shout kindness, has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles. Everybody shout many troubles. And these Macedonians, they are what? Very poor. But they are also, someone shout also, filled with abundant joy. Oh. <laughs> you see, joy is not happiness. Joy is a position in Christ that says, I know God has everything under control. I trust the Lord with all my heart. And I lean not unto my own understanding, but in all my ways I acknowledge him. So joy is not a feeling it's not an emotion joy is a position in Christ the joy of the Lord is my what strength it's not saying the happiness of the Lord no God doesn't live by emotion he lives by faith we ought to understand that when we hear that word joy it doesn't mean they're partying and have party hats and favors no it means that they have made up their mind that I'm going to trust God I'm going to trust God 
because it, it, these, this doesn't look very, uh, Leslie, this doesn't look like it should be fitting together. Troubles, very poor, abundant joy. It's like, is there something missing here? No. And listen further, which has overflowed in rich generosity. Verse 3, for I can testify, Paul wrote, that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it, and they did it, and they did it by their own free will. They begged us again and again for the what? Privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped for. Listen to this. Watch this closely. This is the key. For their first action... I, I'm going to call us to the altar in a second. If you would cho so choose, guests know that when I do this, it's, it's not mandatory. It's simply I'm trying to get us in one heart and one accord. So when we see this, what, what happens? What happens? Read it out and read it. What, what was their first action? Was to give. I can't hear you. Give what? And to us. They first, before they gave, before they understood the need, they had their priorities already correct. I'm going to serve the Lord with all my might. I'm going to serve him in the morning, noon, in the evening. No matter what comes or goes, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to serve all that he has told me to do. So the Bible says... Their first action was to give themselves to the Lord. God wanted, in the, verse 6, for they urged Titus, this is partner of, of Paul, who encouraged your giving in the first place to return to you and what? Encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. He goes on. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving I am not commanding you to do this you look at this pastor <laughs> this is above my pay grade do you understand me I can't command you to do nothing but follow the word of God he says Paul writes I'm commanding I'm, I'm not commanding you that's the Old Testament that's under the law they were commanded now it's out of your heart and what you know Jesus Christ has done for you. He says, I'm not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. Verse 9, you know this generous grace from our Lord. How many know God's generous grace? Though he was rich, yet he for your sake became poor. And so that by his poverty, by his poverty, he could make you what? Rich. In verse 10, I love this passage in the New Living Translation. He says this. Here is my advice. I'm not commanding you, but I have some advice for you. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first by being to, and doing it now you should finish what you started let the eagerness you showed at the beginning be matched now by your giving give into proportion God's not asking Paul said look I, I'm not asking you to do what they did in the book of Acts I'm telling you I'm not commanding you I'm wanting God to speak to your heart as you see the need 
and God pricks your heart because of your wealth and your generosity from the past. The Bible says, give a portion of what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable. Someone shout, it's acceptable. If you give it eagerly, not begrudgingly, eagerly, and give according to what you have. How many here have been blessed of God beyond measure in your life? Amen. We all have, every one of us. He gives according to what you have and not what you don't have. Of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourself. I only mean that there should be some equality. Right now, you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later, they will have plenty and can share with you what you need. In this way, things will be equal. As the scripture says, those who gather a lot had nothing left over. And those who gathered only a little had enough. God is speaking to Pineview Church. God is talking to us. We accomplished so much. We are engaged fully in the command to go love and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ home, right here, and abroad. Pray for me as I meet Tuesday, this Tuesday, with talking about a new partnership with the Hope Clinic and hoping that we can come together and believing God can help us help those that are in need in our area. We are here because we know Jesus is coming again and we know the fields are white and they're ready to harvest. The scripture would ask, as I would today, but who will go? You are the ones, you, those of you online, those of you who are not here but are members of this body, you are the ones who make everything possible for the kingdom. As a matter of fact, we this last year in 2023, we gave over $70,000 to missions. $70,000 to missions. I think you ought to give God a hand praise for that. Amen. You, you helped house and feed and care for over 300, 300 children on two different continents. And we don't do that once a year or once a day. We do it every day, three times a day. We feed them. We help them. We take them to doctors. I don't. You make that happen. We are not just in India and in Colombia, but we are also in Mexico and helping orphans and children that have no parents feel safe and cared for. We have built orphanages in that India. We have dug wells in Africa, in Nigeria. We have dug wells in Nicaragua and San Salvador as well as Guatemala. We have helped people around this world. We have helped three churches be established, not just for a moment, but now they are healthy, growing churches that are spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ in the country of Colombia, in the area of, of uh, uh, Kali and in Armenia. We know that you have helped clothe. If none of you have ever been here during the, the Christmas time and seen the fall, this place is packed full of children that we have been able to affluence and help and bring a moment of solitude in their crazy life as they are in foster care. We have helped more than I can even speak of this morning. We have lifted the brokenhearted. You have cared for the widows. 
you have cared for the widows. You've paid electric bills that you don't even know their name because I like to leave people with their dignity. You have bought groceries this year. You have paid the rent. You helped one person, multiple persons, with furniture. Pastor Doug has been such a light in this community when he gives all the clothing He's now giving furniture to a group of people that is doing an amazing job housing homeless people. It's a wonderful thing. And I, at the moment, cannot remember. But you can ask him because they're on Facebook. And you should go and peruse what they're doing here in Ypsilanti, Washtenaw County. Listen, we're not done yet. We can pat ourselves on the back, and I do, and I'm thankful. But the Lord challenged me while I was sitting in a basement in Columbia with some other pastors. I began to challenge them. They are poor, trust me. They're not wealthy. They are just doing. But I challenged them to begin to give to the things that they are being called to personally. The challenge went forth and there was a powerful move of God and people were on their faces as they realized God did not just call them to receive from us and America, but God has called them to go in their own finances and to reach the people that are in Ecuador and in Venezuela. We are housing most of the children, a hundred of them in Cali, and they are mostly Venezuelan refugees. We have helped them find peace. If I told you the story, my wife took a picture of me and her and the two boys of Venezuela. One was eight and one was five. They were smiling and laughing, but there was a sadness upon the eight-year-old that just it bothered me. And I'll never forget as I found out the story. The mother could not, uh, could not provide for them a room during the day. They only could rent a bed in somebody's house at night. One small single bed for a family of five. And, and they were on the street, and that's where we found them. They were literally on the street corner begging money. And the Chokentas and Brother Pastor Ariel, he and his wife brought them in. But that wasn't the whole story because we found out that just, just prior, just three months before this, that their oldest sister got sold in the sex trade. That their oldest brother was sold to a man. That there is pain and suffering that is unimaginable in our minds but you helped them you never met them you've never heard this story I'm careful that I don't make you want to give simply because I'm pulling your heartstrings because like Corinthians you can get over the emotion I want you to give to God's house and his kingdom and all that we're doing because you want to because Jesus has been so good to you and his mercy endures forever. God is asking us, will we be moved not by just emotion, but by the facts of the word of God? Jesus is coming again. There are more people that need to hear the gospel than we can talk about today in our message. And we are making a small difference in the corner of our world because you decided to partner with Pineview. We all must pull together. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. <laughs> we must, listen, in this last hour, we must be a lighthouse unto all these communities. 
God is not asking more of us than we can give. Here's what God is asking. What should we accomplish? Where should we go next? And here's the call that I'm putting out to Pineview Church and to all of its members, both online and in the house and those that will watch later. The challenge, the ask from God is what would happen if all of us pulled together? What would happen if every single person in this house made a commitment, made a vow to the Lord that says, God, I will give you back what you so deserve. Not, not more than I can give, but according to my blessing. And I'm not going to do it because Pastor Nate commanded it. No, no, I'm not going to do it because my neighbor is doing it. I'm going to do it because I am so fearful of you in an awe that I can't believe you would save a wretch like me. That I was lost and undone and you gave me peace and the Holy Ghost. I'm asking today for you to consider what I'm trying to say. Community happens when we all have things in common. There are some this last month, you don't know it, but you, you helped a couple widows and you helped some people that were homeless and you helped some, you didn't know this because again, I don't traipse people up and give you a hand clap. We just help this person. That's degrading to their human spirit. Never will happen for me. But you did it. I didn't talk about it, but you did it. And God is calling us to do more to do more. I'm not asking those that are being faithful in their giving to, to necessarily give more. I'm simply asking for us all. Someone shout all. Have things in common. You're a part of the body of Christ here at Pineview and if you call this place home then I'm asking you to help us grow this community. Not out of listen, not no, but out of what God wants you to give. So, you know that we're a 100%. If you give $10 to the Revive Mission, $10 goes out. Trust me, our, our, our accountants and all that, they make sure all that happens. But I'm going to tell you something. It's not about that. It's about saying, Lord, I trust you. And I'm going to give back from my heart. Stand with me. This year, you invested in our children's ministry. We redid the foyer this year so that we could be attractive to people that walk in the doors. This summer, we're going to completely redo our sign. We're going to tear the sign down, and in God's glory, we're going to we're going to redo the men's bathroom. How many's excited about that? We're going to do that. We need to replace our children's playground because. After 30 years, it finally gave up the ghosts. We need places for our children to be safe and play. What am I saying? We have given, we have done, and I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud, godly proud of be the pastor of this church. My wife and I stand in awe. But God has challenged me to quit settling for the good and shoot and challenge us all to be great in the kingdom of God.
If you have quit giving, I would say to you, like Paul said to the Corinthians, why? You need to finish the commitment that you started. Here's my advice, Paul says. It would be good for you to finish. It would be good for you to finish what you started. Today, I want to do something. And I know I'm running late, but since I'm the pastor, I get to do that every once in a while. And if you're a guest here, I, 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 I tell you, we usually don't go this long except three other times a month. <laughs> I'm joking. But I want to do something today. This is, not about, this is not about your giving. This is about what you should do first in that you should give your heart and life to God. Because you'll never continue if you don't do what's important first. So I don't know who you are this morning. I don't know what battle you're going through, what trial you're facing. But I do know this. I know the God of heaven and earth, his name is Jesus. And he said he would never leave you nor forsake you. That he would go with you always. That you can trust in the Lord with all your heart if you lean not to your what? Own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. We know that Jesus Christ is king. So today, I don't know. I do know this. God is calling this body of Christ to a different level. To a place where we truly pull together. That it's not 20 of us that are caring. It's not 30 of us. But it's every single person that walks to the door knows that they are valued and that their gifts are important. Jesus said, look at the widow and her might. It was nothing, but God said it was everything. Give out of your abundance. Can you lift your hands right now? Mm. I want you to ask the Lord to help you this morning. Come on, ask the Lord. Lord Jesus, I pray today that you help me receive this word. Lord, I, by the name of Jesus, rebuke confusion that might want to come to people right now. And I say to the enemy that you're not welcome here and that we believe because we have proof in the word of God that you will do what you said you would do. Lord, we see the results of our unity when we have children in India that are being housed, helped, taken to the doctor and fed every day. They're being taught about Jesus. They're being taught about your name and your blood that covers them. Lord, we, we believe this for those kids, those Venezuelan refugees in Cali, Colombia. Lord, we believe for every church that we have started, for every well that we have dug, that your name is being glorified. It's not about us, God. It's about you. And I want to just thank you today. Now today, I'm going to invite you to this front. If you don't come, it doesn't mean anything. Don't think that people are going to, oh my God, I can't believe they didn't go. No, this is about you and God. This is about you committing your heart and your life to first Jesus Christ. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So who's here that needs to make a fresh commitment to the process that we're in of growth? Who is here that says, Lord, I need to come back to this altar and say, Lord, I know I haven't trusted you a whole lot lately, but I'm going to trust in you today. I'm going to put this on the altar. Lord, I'm going to put the things I don't understand on the altar of God. But most importantly, God, I come to you and I say, Lord, 
wash me and clean me and make me white as snow and help me to live more in your gifts and in your presence and in your promise. Who's here today? I know there's somebody here that you need to recommit. Not your money. You need to recommit your heart to God. So I want you to come as Sister Hannah leads us in worship. Come. No one's going to lay hands on you unless they ask you first. If you need prayer, we, we're going to pray. I want all my prayer. Come on, all my prayer people. Come on, I want you to come right now. All, the, all those that are, these are people that have been working and studying on Saturday. We've been exercising in the faith. And I ask them to come. There's a lot of people here that can pray for you today. Come on, uh, come on, let's it. Come on, let the Holy Ghost come. Come from all over. Come on, Brother Dan, come on, help me today. Brother Carl, come on, help me. Sister Roseanne, in Jesus' name. There are prayer elders here to pray with you about whatever you need. They're godly people. I want you to pray right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, singing. Whatever you want to. And I will make room. Oh, man. 